4: A
5: house in the Good morning. Of the Good morning everyone. I'm Dottie Herman and you're listening to I on Real Estate. We're the only show on Talk Radio going on ten years now. Boy, does time fly? And we've always talked about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which is just about everything, including unfortunately, how the coronavirus has affected real estate. Today is only a one-hour show, so stay tuned, and if you have any questions, you've got to call us early because we are have a game today, so we're only going to be on one hour. So if you have any questions, call us early. We have a great deal of information on commercial real estate with an exciting guest. I'm happy to introduce the Senior Vice President of Citizens Bank, Ace Wattesupop. Hi, Ace.
2: Hi, Dottie. Are, are they saying that the game is more important than finding out information about real estate? <laughs>
5: um, well, not in our minds. And I told you, Ace, not in our one mind. day we're exactly. going to interrupt the game, and the game will have exactly. to wait while we're on.
2: Yep, yeah. that's it. That's I it. think
5: that's only totally fair.
2: Okay. <laughs> How are you, Daddy? Ace?
5: I'm good, I'm yeah. good, you know, I'm just good. i am kind of a little – I'm a little sad because it's kind of the end of the summer, and the weather kind of, you know, as soon as the summer ended and Labor Day was over – even though it's not officially the end of the summer, it got cold. It was I no, it's
2: getting cold. Yeah.
5: Yeah. It was like, hey, we're, we're still supposed to have summer weather. And as soon as Labor Day was over, we had a beautiful Labor Day weekend. Um, like, it's chilly. I mean, I, I, wore, uh, chilly. I, I wore an insulated jacket vest last night because it was chilly. Yeah. So, But, hey, that's why I look forward to summer because we don't have it all year. You know, so so I guess that's a good thing. And you know what, Ace, there's been an incredible onslaught of mortgage applications for refinances and home equity loans right now because the rates are so oh, low.
2: Tremendous, so, tremendous, stuff. yeah. So, yep.
5: really, if you have any questions, and I'm telling everyone, um, this is prime buying time, and I, I tell people this is like borrowing almost free money, okay? Free money, <laughs> so low the interest rate.
2: Especially with the rates so low, your buying power goes such a long way. So if you're if you're interested in buying a home or a condo, or new development, you know, call us because you'll be surprised how low your payments will be with such low interest rates.
5: So. Yeah, in you know, we don't have a long show today, but I think next week yeah. if you could, I don't think many people realize. I mean, they look at a price of a house, you know, like they're buying a home or you know a, an apartment. They're looking at, okay, this is the price that I can afford. And they don't look at the interest rates.
6: Correct. I mean, they don't look
5: at the interest rate. You know, they just look at the number of the, 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 the price of the home. They don't look at what the interest rates are. And as Ace just told you, and I think, you know, he'll talk about it more next week when we have a normal size, a normal time show, the interest rates will make a big difference in what you can spend.
2: Oh, Dottie, just four difference. years ago, we were hovering right around almost 5 6%. And now it's, it's below 3 so just think about that, right? That's doubling your payment, and you know, right now, if you take advantage of the low rates, you're going to be paying fifty percent less than what you would be if rates were at five percent, six percent. So, you know, that's that's to really think about.
5: That's tremendous, tremendous.
2: Yeah.
5: And Ace, I always want to thank you. We've been uh, troopers here. We love doing it. And <laughs> years now, long time. Right. Been a long time. Nope. Nope. Right. It's been a long time. Yeah, a long time. A I don't know which so no, It seems like it was yesterday. But in any event, time <laughs> flies. But I yeah. also want to thank Citizens Bank, which works with Douglas Element as a preferred lender. And Citizens is one of the nation's oldest and largest financial institutions. And I truly want to thank them for their support for our show. They also support their customers by providing an integrated experience that includes mobile and online banking and a 24-7 customer contact center. You can easily find more information at citizensbank.com. That's citizensbank.com. And, of course, Citizens has opened up a COVID-19 resource center, and they want you to know that they're there for you. They understand the tremendous amount of financial and personal stress the COVID-19 crisis has caused. So if you need relief or you have any concerns or questions about your financial situation, please contact them. Helpful services and resources include economic impact payments, Stimulus payments, financial hardship payments, assistance, online mobile banking. So you really never have to leave your house, although I think everyone's really itchy in getting, leaving their house. I think I see more people around that are out, and it's good to see. I mean, I was in the city, like I think last week, and it's not to where it was, but there were people. (laughs) And I remember going to the city, like maybe a month and a half ago, and there was just nobody there. (laughs) So it's starting, everything is starting to come back. Also with us, um, our, also one of our co-hosts, Stephen Ebert. Um, hi, Stephen. He is a partner at Barton LLP, and one of that's one of the, if not the top law firm in the city, which specializes in real estate. And I always tell you, when you're doing real estate, don't just use an, an attorney. Use someone who specializes in real estate. And there's no one smarter than Steve and his firm when it comes to anything about real estate. Um, Good morning, Stephen.
4: Stephen. Good morning, Dottie. Good morning, Ace.
5: Happy fall. Do you all all have a good (laughs) weekend, Labor Day?
4: Had a nice weekend. Was able to do a little traveling upstate New York. Uh, Had a chance to enjoy a little bit of the other wine country, the Finger Lakes. Uh, It's a great region. Um, Great for outdoors and boating and things like that. So uh, it was nice going up there.
5: Oh, that's great. Now, we have a very special guest on, and I gave her a lot of time because you're not going to want to not hear her. Our guest today is Lois Weiss, who is the commercial real estate editor of the New York Post, and she's joining us, and she has, her website is Between the Bricks. She's written for Rob Report, Commercial Observer, The Real Deal, Cranes, and she is, um, the commercial real estate editor for the um, Post, and there is no one that knows more about commercial real estate than Lois. So I'm thrilled to have her, and she'll be on in a few minutes, like 20 minutes. Like 20 minutes, and there's no one you're going to want to ask her a lot of questions. We've talked about a lot about residential, but we really haven't uh, talked about what the impact of the virus has on commercial. So please follow us on our new Facebook page, which is I on Real Estate, for exciting news. And you can put your questions there, or you can call us at 866-970-9622. We always love to hear from our listeners, so it's 866-970-9622. Today is the twelfth September 12th, and um, it is the 255th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. On this day, in 1953, Senator and future President John F. Kennedy married Jacqueline Bouvier at St. Mary's Church in Rhode Island. And in '62, on this day, President Kennedy-, Kennedy delivered his We Choose to Go to the Moon speech at Rice University. And in and 2011, uh, the National September 11th Memorial and Museum in New York City opened up to the public. I can't help... Again, I can't help but talk a little about because yesterday obviously was uh, 19 years since um, we had 9/11, and I oh. think we all remember 9/11. We all remember where we were, what we did. And last in the morning, last yesterday, when I woke up, they one of the stations was reenacting.
6: Yeah.
5: I don't know if you guys saw it, but they were reenacting the whole thing again. And I really had tears in my eyes. I, I was really, I mean, it's, it's its hard to believe it's 19 years later. And just watching it yesterday, For brought tears to my eyes. Um, it, it's 19 years. And we had to cope with so much. And you know, now we're coping with a pandemic, but I'm looking, we look back and look at what we coped with then. And I just want to say, and I think you'd all both agree with me. I hope that we can get to as horrific as that event was, 9/11. Um, it brought unity, and people just were united. We were one, and everyone was giving of themselves. Everyone helped each other. Everybody was selfless. They just just helped automatically, and there was no divisions. If you were, and I, I always would say that was the first time in my life that it didn't matter who you were, what you were, what state you were from, you were an American, and we all shared each other's pain, and we were all there for each other. And I hope that eventually that, you know, all this division that goes on right now with this pandemic, um, I hope that that really can end, because it was a beautiful period to just be united as Americans. So I just uh, had to say that because, I never will forget it. I don't think everyone will forget it. And I want to also, my, our prayers and our hearts go out to all the victims and the families of all the victims that perished in 9-11. So that was a, a sad time. As far as what's going on today with the pandemic going on, um, I, I think you probably, if you, if you read the papers or if you get it on your iPhone, um, you will see every day there'll be something about the city that everyone is moving out, uh, that nobody wants to be there, that people don't feel safe there. there was the murders and this and that. So, um, I will say that through every economic crisis that New York has faced, which we faced many, and we have um, certainly survived them all, and we will survive this too. And the wonderful thing about New York is it's got a strong community. And some of the biggest names in New York City real estate employed Mayor de Blasio, which we're not too favorable with. They they got to him and they said, you have to take immediate action to improve public safety, cleanliness, and the city's quality of life. And this letter was drafted by pro-business groups called the Partnership for New York City. And that was signed, the letter, by 163 of the biggest business leaders, including New York's biggest developers and landlords. And, you know, they stated that, you know, we are, you know, with this virus, we, you know, these are unprecedented times. And a lot of, you know, people are, New Yorkers are facing homelessness or otherwise are at risk. And there's a lot of anxiety over public safety, cleanliness, and quality of life issues that are contributing to deteriorating conditions in commercial districts. And they are all get together, and they are putting money together. They are getting on the mayor uh, on him, and they're telling him he's got to do something. And this they sent him a letter, and they are determined. And they've really gotten us gotten out of every crisis. And so this is one that I really I tell everybody I have my faith in New York because New Yorkers are tough, and they don't give up. And most of us who are in New York, we love New York. And I was reading something the other day when it was like it was something that was read. It was actually from New York City. It said, "Don't abandon me because I was there for you." And no one's abandoning New York. You watch and see um, what they're also working on, though, because I think Steve and, and Ace will agree with me. Before the pandemic, or well before this pandemic. You started to see people leaving the city, not because of the pandemic, because it wasn't here yet, but because of the taxes. Um, we are um, the highest income tax in the country. And so people were fleeing New York to go to states that had more forgiving tax codes. And then earlier, I think early this week, Governor Cuomo said that he's thinking to of uh, raising taxes uh, on the wealthy. Now, they're taxed very much already, and I think that, in my opinion, if you raise them any more, they're really going to flee in New York, so we urge them not to do it, and we're urging them not to to put a tax on Pierre de terres which are uh, small apartments that people well, – they don't have to be actually small, but usually they're not too big, and they're people that don't actually live full-time in New York City, but they have apartments there because they're in business and they're here on business, and so – a lot of the apartments that are are PRTs, and if they tax them, that to me, I don't know about how you feel, Steve, but that to me would be a very big mistake. What do you think? I,
4: I, I agree with you. I think a couple of things. Number one, the real estate sector accounts for about half the revenue in New York City, uh, and, and it's a little bit of a guess on that because there's both property taxes but also transfer taxes and mortgage tax when you have a transaction. So it's about half roughly. And, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating that what we have is, is in New York is, is a spending problem. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter how wealthy you are, but if year after year you spend more than you take in, it doesn't work. And what's going to happen is if they don't manage the house account Right. Every family has a house account, and I don't care how much money you make a year. If every year you spend more than you bring in, it's not going to work. Um, it's going to be out of balance, and at a certain point, you, you can't get blood from a stone. You, you can't keep on. You can't keep on squeezing. Um, notwithstanding that, there, there's still plenty of optimism, and and globally, people realize the dynamism of New York City, its people. Um, its resources, Amazon announced a lot of new jobs with an average salary of $150,000, um, which is great. We're still seeing plenty of transactions. Um, but at, at a certain point, um, if you keep on bending something, it stops bending and it snaps. And, right. and, and that's, I think, the warning from the business community because yeah. the reality is they need to get down to business. You know, they need to stop with the sloganeering. I know we're two months out from Election Day. But regardless of your one's philosophy, if you want to be a serious leader, if you want to be a serious politician, you have to just analyze things and handle things in a serious way and not just a cheap line uh, for the media.
5: Right. Now, Lois is going to come on. She's an expert in real estate and commercial real estate. And with this pandemic, commercial real estate, which has had its fair share like residential of ups and downs, she's going to give us an outlook for retail, hotel and office spaceships. Um, She said some developers which are already planning to convert empty properties to new uses. And this pandemic is expected to drastically reshape commercial real estate, leaving thousands of vacant and underused spaces nationwide. But some developers and investors who are thinking out of the box are keen to seize the chance to convert those properties into other uses, which Lois will talk about.
4: Fewer than can, I, can I add to that for a second? Yeah. Not, not to, cause I don't even know which way Lois is going to focus on when we get to it. But a great example is what we call the loft laws, For a lot of you who are living particularly in the Tribeca area and these converted lofts, we went through this 40 years ago, 50 years ago, where there was warehouse space that didn't make sense. There was manufacturing that didn't make sense. And a smart compromise was made to help out property owners and tenants to convert it to the right use. And one of the things... You know, you think about it for a second, right? You use a computer today, you use a mobile device today, you wouldn't use the same computer from 10, 20 years ago, right? Why, if the use is changing, we need to constantly take a look back and say, if, if the business environment's changing, if how people living is changing, we need to amend zoning and use laws so that they comport with how society is working today. Um, and, and True.
5: but yeah. you, you and you, you know, it's so important that we really get this right because um, New York's financial health and its status as a world corporate headquarters, uh, and there are more, you know, there's so much square foot of workspace in the city, uh, more than London and San Francisco combined. And since office work makes up the cornerstone of New York's economy, and property taxes from office buildings account for nearly 10 percent of the city's total annual tax revenue, and they're projecting that in retail alone, at least seven thousand seven hundred stores, totaling 150 15 million square feet, are expected to close early August, and. That's what we're going to talk to Lois. What's going to happen to this space? Because we're not there, you know, what's going to happen? And the hotels are facing uh, some possible foreclosures. So after the break, hopefully Lois will be on and we can talk a little bit about what her best read is on what's going to happen to office space and commercial. We are going to be right back right after the break. We'll be right back.
1: Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
6: Your products are great products. Seriously, I've not been sick in over two years, and I just can't even tell you—it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me.
0: Your products are great, absolutely. You know, general aches and
5: pains I have from, because I work outside a lot gone. It's uh, it's almost magic. It's almost too hard, to, too good to be true, you know. But it is. It's very true. Dr. Howard's done a fantastic
2: service by creating this.
6: What I'm putting into my body is the good stuff. You know, all the energy is shifting and changing, and my system is happy with what's coming down the pike. (laughs) And it's kind of like a fun thing, and I look forward to it. It's not like, oh, no, I need to take this again. It's more like, oh, I can't wait to take this. That's a big difference. I had total knee replacement, and it was about 10 days out after surgery. And the doctor, when I went to the visit, he said, you know, if I didn't know that I did the surgery on that date, there's no way I believe you had that range of motion already. So my range of motion is ahead of where most people are at this point. I work in healthcare, and I haven't gotten even a runny nose. I'm walking more. I'm exercising more. I'm doing more yoga. I'm pretty convinced that this is something to do with it. And you know what? I will never be without it because this was painless and easy. It's amazing. I'm telling you, it's amazing.
1: Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800 246 that's 800 or by going to balanceofnature.com. Again, that's balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code THE ANSWER.
2: Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial because my schedule is like crazy. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want Want to sleep on anything else, Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You will receive two sets for one low price plus free shipping. 800 651 0798. Use the promo code AM970 or go to mypillow.com. Please be sure to use that promo code AM970. Two sets of Giza Dream Sheets for one low price plus free shipping. 800 651 0798. Promo code am nine.
0: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or radio.com.
1: Connecting you with new customers.
3: It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
6: We're back. You're
5: listening to I on Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. Um, and we're here with my co-hosts, Ace bar Super and Stephen Ebert. And we are going to take a quick question, and then we are so anticipating hearing uh, from Lois Weiss, who is the real estate commercial real estate editor of the New York Post. She has a great website between the bricks, and she's written for so many uh, magazines, and and she's just the expert. And we really gave her most of the time because we're dying to hear what her read is on. Where what's going to happen to commercial real estate in New York City. But before I take Lois, because I don't want to get interrupted then, I have a question from Dot from Middletown, uh,
6: New Jersey. Hello, Hello Doty. Thank you for Thank you. taking my question.
5: And you share uh, my, my name, which uh, no one has
6: that name, so very few people. Not
5: anymore. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I know another Dot. Are you Dorothy? Or, or yes. Is, is your real name Dorothy, or is it? Dorothy. Dorothy. Yeah, my also. So thank you for calling Lion On Real Estate. And so what's your question?
6: How can we help um, you? My daughter just found out that her landlord is not renewing her lease, and she also just got fired from her job um, from the COVID. You know, they had a downside. COVID-related, right. Yeah. So she's been looking for apartments, and what she noticed is um, – Income required and I was just wondering what that was. Does it include uh, Unemployment or is it they want a certain income?
5: I'm going to take that question to Stephen. So Stephen
4: Hi, good morning, um, good morning. Typically when they when they refer to income they do want to see um, they want to see an in, income from a salary uh, or commissions if you're in that type of business you know, Depending upon where one is in life, if you had other guaranteed sources of income like pensions or Social Security or strong investments, they, they could look to that. Um, I think the solution to look at, because I do think some landlords, depending upon the neighborhood, are being a little bit more flexible now, um, is if you can maybe act as a guarantor um, to the lease. Um, they might that might give them the comfort uh, to proceed uh, the law changed about a year ago so they can only ask for the first month's rent and one month security so they can't ask for more rent prepaid um, so which might give them more comfort to do the transaction but I think that would be the way to go if if you're able to co-sign or act as a guarantor um, that, that might help get her over the hump
5: yeah okay. well, just quickly I would say to you that she doesn't. She's not going to have big chances of getting an apartment without having a job, as you said. There's like a lot of rentals, so you might find somebody more that's a little bit flexible. But I don't think most people, when they look at unemployment, as really enough income. Um, so I think that it would be my guess that, as Steve said, you, somebody either has to guarantee it, or I, maybe she should stay if she's with you a little bit longer until she seems to find something, because it might be right. tough mm-hmm. goings without uh, an actual job. But if you need anything or you need us to help you see if we can uh, find maybe a landlord that would let us know or just leave us your name and we'll give you a call back.
6: Okay. All right. Thank you.
5: All right. And good luck to your daughter. Thanks for calling and have a good week. And now I am so thrilled to have Lois Weiss. Good morning, Lois.
7: Good morning, Dottie. Hey, Steve. Nice Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Oh, thank
5: you for being it's our, you know, We are so thrilled to have you on. You know, as you know, I'm a real estate, but my, my end is residential. And there's so much talk about commercial and what's going to happen to it. And, of course, the papers are always doom and gloom. So yeah. I don't know where to begin. So what, yeah. you know, well, what are you I, seeing? I just... What?
7: I just wanted to say something to the to the caller who is just on, and again, I'm not a lawyer. this isn't legal advice, but I think she could just stay on as a holdover and not move and you know kind of uh, you know you know try to pay rent in some way um I mean, there's some other options she might have um you know, and it may be that her apartment. Um that the landlord can't even rent it out, you know, so he may be willing to you know, if she talked to him, um, to work it out. So again That's good
5: advice. Um, I mean, and I wasn't sure and I should have asked and I was I'm sure she's on the line still uh, listening, that if she's still in the apartment she shouldn't leave it
6: <laughs> until she yeah, has another job. I mean,
7: I mean, you know, the way the city works, unfortunately, and it's a terrible thing for landlords, you could almost stay in your apartment for two or three years before they can get you out. It's really a horror, uh, especially for the small landlords who have to pay their own mortgages and uh, um, property taxes.
5: You know, while you say that, Lois, I, I, I've i said on the on this show many a day, I mean, I think it's really great that the city is really helping out people, you know, that are renting, but at the same token, they really haven't done anything for the landlords, and the landlords have to pay bills also. So, you know, and I think, well, gee, it's common sense that if you're going to give the rental people breaks, you have to do something for the landlords because, you know, they have to still pay their bills.
7: So, yeah. I, and then know, you and then, then you get to the banks the banks have to uh um, make money so they have money to you know keep lending out i mean you know, it's a house of cards and this business with uh, allowing people not to pay i mean there are very few people who can get a job and then pay back thousands and thousands of dollars uh to to their uh, uh you know landlord um, that they will owe for not paying over the last, uh, you know, eight, nine months. I mean, it's a, just this horrible thing, um, you know. Right,
5: and I know. The, so it's kind of the, a, a mess in a way. Yeah. But what do you think? I mean, this is, you know, there's no one better than you, no one that mo- knows more about commercial, and although there's so many uncertainties that are out there that it's hard to really predict anything from day to day, yeah. because every day yeah. there's some other bit of news that's different or changed. Um, but what, do you, what, what are you seeing, and what is what are you seeing in your best guesses, you know, with yeah. commercial and with so many offices? And I know even in our offices, even though we're open... Um, they're really not, nobody's, you know, you you can't just send everyone back, they have to make an appointment, and and people are really not, I I think most people aren't as comfortable coming to the office if they don't have to, or they got used to working at home, and I kind of think they'll probably continue that even after the pandemic where there's some combination. What do you think?
7: I I tell you, I've been in and out of a few of the offices, and I have found um, everybody being respectful um, and there aren't a lot of people there, so the people I talk to who are back working their offices are uh, thrilled. they have a quiet place to work. They're not dealing with the kids, the dogs, um, the uh, you know nonsense of that and of course, most of them are driving in um, so uh they have that I mean the people I've talked to are mostly afraid of going on the trains and you know, the city'll say, Well, it's not a you know, a, a, a spreader of COVID. Well you know, we don't I mean frankly, I don't think anybody I mean, I just, really
6: knows.
5: Because yeah. I know that I just heard and I you know, I, I when this we started in March with this really pandemic that I and I was like wiping everything down, cleaning every yeah. every delivery I got and now they say it's pretty much really spread by airborne, and it's airborne. And I don't really know how much they know. Like, you know,
6: they know, you know, nothing. They they know my nothing.
5: daughter's a teacher, and so the teachers uh, say they want to go back to teach, but some of the city schools are old and the ventilation systems aren't good. And so there's just so many questions even about the virus.
7: Yeah. So what? Yeah. And so we're yeah, seeing right people
5: right. come back to offices, but obviously not in the same place. So, and 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 I think that probably since we were in lockdown for three months or so, and people got used to working at home, do you see that many employers are rethinking how much space they actually need when it comes to office yeah.
7: space? Yeah. and we're seeing that. And just, I, I just want to go back a little bit. I I got a call a couple of weeks ago from one of the developers and he said he's on a a conference call or Zoom thing every uh, week or so. It's an email group with 50 other people who own apartment buildings. Um, Most of them, he said, are running 50% occupancy. He has, you know, uh, some in... That are pain, right? A lot Can of the you just hold the that for one
5: second back. because I think we're getting a commercial break, and I and that's like really important to talk about. So I don't want to cut you up in the middle of that. So I want you to finish talking about what you're seeing with the office, right after the break. We'll be right back. We're here with Lois Weiss, who's the commercial real estate editor of the New York Post. There's no one more knowledgeable with her than her on commercial real estate. And you should go to her web between the bricks. We'll be right back, and
0: Lois is going to give you a read. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle of the city, the country, and the world. On the Katz Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The answer.
6: My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. The Army National Guard has taught me the value of showing respect to those I come in contact with each day. My service also allows me to be there for my community in ways others can't. I help my hometown recover after nature strikes. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country and those I care about safe from threats. I also work with a network of professionals that help me succeed and accomplish the mission. Plus, the Army National Guard education benefits make getting a higher education a reality. Being an Army National Guard soldier makes living and serving in my community more rewarding every day. Learn how you too can live and serve part time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com.
3: Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station.
8: Relief factor. Effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks, and my pain was gone, and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com.
0: Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa, in iHeart, or Radio.com.
8: Hey, this is Michael Medved. This election year, your vote is more important than ever. Be sure to register and make your plans to vote. Our country's future depends on it.
3: Coming this September to AM 970, The Answer, it's Roman Lewis Live, New York's equal opportunity critic. A veteran reporter, political consultant, and talk show host who's worked both sides of the aisle and the dial. With stints at Fox News, CNN, and USA Today, Roman informs and entertains you like no one else. Tune in every Saturday night from 7 to 9 on AM 970, The Answer. And just to get this out of the way, we apologize in advance. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO Dottie Herman.
5: We're back and we are speaking with Lois Weiss, the commercial real estate editor of the New York Post. This is a very short show. Lois, you were in the middle of talking about that the yeah. commercial uh, owners have telling you the patients yeah. that okay. they were at 50%. So-
7: yeah, he basically begged me, H- what can we do? And I said to him, having the small owners go on and say that they need help is not helping, and we're going to have to hear from the J.P. Morgans, the Amazons, the Facebooks. And thank goodness the partnership went and put out that letter last week. And uh, so far, you know, it was about over a hundred of the largest companies in the city. And some of them like JP Morgan are asking their people to come back to work. We need people back to work in the buildings, supporting the restaurants that are just being allowed to have people at 25% occupancy inside. And, you know, that's sort of one of the first steps that we need. I mean, right now, Um, I've heard a figure of occupancy of around 10 percent, but that doesn't support the newsstands, the um, the other small stores on the streets and in the areas. Because if you go into the residential areas of the city, there's plenty of life. There's people walking on the streets. Some of the stores are open, but you get to the center, that Park Madison Fifth Avenue area, and it's, and it's dead. There's no traffic. There's no people. Nothing's open. So, right. And when know, people,
5: I mean, I saw that J.P. Morgan is requiring them to go back to work, and I forgot when, but very soon. And when the there's 21st, no people going to the yeah. office, then they're not having lunch. So, you know, exactly. they're not, you know, and the restaurants get a big lunch crowd, you know, so they're really not helping other businesses. So, see, so you think what is your best guess? Do you think that it's going to take us uh, like? What do you think? You know, I, I mean, just do you think it's going to take? You know, we all went through 9/11. And this is pretty different, yeah. in my opinion. Do you think that it's going to take a year or two or three to really come back? And what do you see um, with like Hudson Yards and, and 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 large shopping centers like that? Which well, I understand Hudson Yards Yard is, is
7: open. opening. Yeah, they're open. Um I'm not sure about the shops at Columbus Circle but probably them too. Um and and people will start to go in, you'll start to feel, you know, tentatively, you'll make your way in just, you know, to get a new shirt or, you know, the kids need new sneakers. You've got to get some things you can get online and we're used to it, but we're we're all suffering from, you know, it's this uh, depression of not going out, not seeing your friends. And frankly, uh, the young people in their thir- 20s and 30s, I think, are suffering the most because a lot of them live alone and their work group was their friendship group. Um, so, you it's, know, yeah, it's, uh, I,
5: I think it's even sadder for them. And I know, on you know, I'm on Long Island a lot, so, you know, especially since the pandemic and it's very different. I mean, it's a lot easier to go out. I mean, you know, everyone's social distancing, but the restaurants are open. <clears throat> you could go inside. They're open inside yeah. and outside. Of course, you have to be socially distanced. Um, but you just see people really out there. So I, I know he's opening the restaurants, but I believe you, you can't really go to the bars alone or something of that no. nature,
7: right? You you no. Know. No. No, they don't want people at the bars unless they're eating. But I, I know he doesn't want people ordering appetizers. But that's what I eat when I go to a bar. That's my dinner. So, you know, there are people who who do that. So there has to be some flexibility. And and you know, the the owner I was talking to said he had a bar that's been you know in the same location twenty thirty years. And when they didn't open on September 1st, the guy just said, "I'm done." And this owner went to him and said, "Please stay open, just, I, I you don't have to pay rent. Just be open." And the guy is like, "I'm too afraid that they'll find me for something," and and you know the the sort of running in to to find uh, businesses who aren't socially distant, and it it it's too heavier government presence, and it's another reason, you know, people don't want to be in New York anymore. Um, uh, no, I know, and I think, that. That,
5: listen, I understand we have to socially distance ourselves and things, but there's a point where it comes to where you're just going to shut down the economy.
7: Yes, I mean, well, they've you know, done And that, people and will go terrible. someplace
5: else. And I know there's yeah. places that are a lot more lenient, and so when I come out to Long Island, I feel like I'm in another world. And it's not that they're not yeah. watching things, but it's a lot more lenient than, you know, people have masks, they have to social distance. But, you know, the city's really been shut down. And if they continue that, I mean, you're a better expert than me, then you're going to see people are like, don't want to go there because they can't do anything and you can't get people to come back. But I understand, Lois, that they're working, uh, a lot of the the big uh, real estate people are working on putting something together for taxes. Uh, to try to help get lower taxes in New York.
7: Yeah, well, we, they need it. Um, you know, under the current sort of case law and rule, whatever happens on January 5th is it. So um, because of that, the tax commission would not cut people's assessments for the tax the taxes that they had to pay starting July 1st. And that really hurt a lot of people, especially the hotels who are virtually empty or shut. Um, and, uh, and, and we need the, the tax relief and the mayor must understand that you need to do it. And it's not just freezing the rate because that's a manipulative mask. Thing because the rate's been frozen since Dinkins did it. Um, they have to not only freeze the um, the rate, but also um, freeze or drop all the assessments across the board, and more important, um, uh, lower the actual um, amount of money that the city pay- is spending. Its spending has increased. Um, By billions of dollars just in the, you know, while, while the mayor has been in office and that has really hurt people because in some cases their taxes have doubled and it's not fair. Um, you know, so that's you know, when you when you think about it, people go, Oh, the the rich, the rich well you know, some of these office buildings are p are spending twenty five million, fifty million a year in property taxes. You know, that's more the rentals.
5: Look hard. at that.
7: No. They don't. And, and you know, going back to to the wealthy, they're talking about, uh, again, a pied a tax on people who don't live here. Well, those people who don't live here, they pay taxes, and they don't use services. And they come and they, they you know, pay interior decorators, designers, housekeepers, uh, shoppers. They pay a garage, um, you know, and, and I think I once pointed out that one of those apartments was paying more than several blocks and queens and property taxes. And, you know, those people are sending their kids to school and using the garbage. And, you know, so, um, you know, there's a lot of different layers of costs that people don't um, think about. And um, the other thing that the city has to do is open up tourism. I've had retail people say, well, I have stores that want to start looking for another location, and they can't. They're afraid to come into New York, that they'll get go into a hotel. The hotel is going to be forced to quarantine them, or they'll get caught at the airport, and they're afraid. So, and aren't you know, the hotels
5: have, in jeopardy of, of, of a lot of them going bankrupt?
7: Yes. Yeah, they're going bankrupt. I mean, the Hilton New York still didn't pay its property taxes, and that's owned by a real estate investment trust that's a publicly traded uh, company. And if they can't pay $11 million, I don't know who can. And that's the city's largest hotel. And, of course, um, the union, meanwhile, is requiring even the hotels that are shut to pay them. Um, anywhere from fifty thousand a month up. So even though these hotels are closed, they have expenses on top of expenses. You know, it's not like they're saving yeah. something by turning down the heat or so, something. So
5: which- I, I, you know, I, I hope you will come back again. I, I really, we could talk for hours, and I want you to keep us updated if you can. But since Steve and Lois and so are you, you're seeing the same thing, and to me, like. We really need to put pressure on our public officials to, because you know New York is a survivor. We've survived a lot, and we survived Mm -hmm. everything. And there's no one, there's no place like New York. We just have to get these officials to just get us open again.
7: Yeah, there's there's a lot of people that just want to, uh, that just want De Blasio gone. And, yes. you know, this. Kind well, I think, you know what, I never talk
5: about. The, politics, the only one out. I'll talk about because I don't think there's okay. anyone that thinks he's great, no matter what you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I say I'm not going to throw politics, I'm bound to get somebody upset. But I do say that with the Blasio, I don't think there's anybody that would tell you anything but, you know, like, go, you're ruining our city. Yeah. But I don't think well, it, he is. That's so fear. I have a feeling we have him for another year. I just, you know, see that. So I'm yeah,
4: that it's they- very tough in New York. We don't really have like a recall like California or anything like that. So unless if you sort of have a true smoking gun of illegality or so forth, it's a very high bar. Yes, incompetence um, doesn't cut it. <laughs> no, no, it. <laughs> we'd have a lot of turnover then.
7: <laughs> I just want to say one thing, Dottie. I'm um I'm on furlough from the New York Post, so I'm writing for the Real Deal now, the Commercial Observer. Um, the Daily oh,
5: Mail. Well, look, the real deal, yeah. and I have to, you know, to Amir, when I first started Douglas Elliman, and I had just met Amir, he was working out of a apartment in Brooklyn, uh, like a one, yeah. uh, not even, I think it was a studio, and he had nothing. And I yeah. met him, and I felt, this guy is so smart, he's going to be great. And I gave him the story over the Times or the Post or anybody, mm-hmm. I gave him the story about us buying, Howard and I buying Douglas Sullivan, and he was <laughs> nothing then. And what he's done and where he's gone, um, he's the go-to for anybody in real estate across the country, and I couldn't think that you would be at a, Just a, I think that it's the greatest magazine, and I get so much information from them. So, yeah, yeah. I think I, that I, that's I, great.
7: Just, yeah. Um, And they're putting up stories all day long, just constantly. Um, So, you know, it's a good uh, website to check, as is the Commercial Observer, um, which uh, does a lot. They both do a lot of long-form stories. And, of course, Steve Cuso is back at the Post um, working on the restaurants. He's doing his scoops, and um, so is uh, Jennifer Gould. Uh, working on all the, uh, uh, the 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 apartments and condos that are being sold by celebrities. So, you know, there's so of, like um, I, I know we don't to have
5: me. too much longer. So, like, what's everyone's read? What do you have? How, how long do you think it's going to take for us to get? You know,
7: I'm curious what you think. I'm, uh, I'm a afraid uh, because the people that want there's a lot of money on the sidelines waiting to buy buildings, and they're saying to me like this is. Uh, they're comparing it to 2007 and now, and we may have to wait uh, three years till all these foreclosures shake through the courts. Um, you know, it doesn't sound very good, but I guess the good news is that, you know, we'll come out of it. It just may take several years to work out the yeah, finances. I, I, my my
5: best guess is like about like I think. Like longer than it took us with 9/11, because this is really a whole financial thing. And again, I guess another, another big question is this virus, because it yeah. really also is going to depend on that second wave that they're, you know, you know, I mean, you know, they're saying, you know, they try to scare everyone. I mean, and I obviously, I'm not saying that you should take it lightly, but they're actually like they're projecting, oh, the second wave, it could be horrible. There'll be all these deaths, and so that keeps even people yeah. more scared.
7: Yeah. yeah, I, I, I
5: think, I think we're not going
4: to get be... a good sense of, of the news until after Election Day. I think after that point, yeah. then we're going to get a more thorough analysis. And it yeah. really then boiled down to the real speed and effectiveness of the vaccine that and, and delivery of it. And it could, because that really is the first step. And once that happens, then all of a sudden, The argument for, oh, you know what, we're concerned about indoor dining because maybe it does lead to an increased incident or not. Well, if we have a vaccine, if we have a treatment, that goes away, quarantining goes away. And then and then what happens is we sort of know the situation like right now. I feel we don't have an end date on that just yet. I think we have tremendous progress, um, a lot of good developments. But once we get past Election Day, we'll. I think have a very accurate coverage on that. And then if we can get a sense of when the sort of end date is for this, then people say, okay, now we know, you know, recovery time.
5: Well, I know. So we're br- coming to end. Thank you, Lois. Please come again. How can everybody find you? Time. Besides no, the real deal is, and on what the website? Lois at BetweenTheBricks.com. bricks Between, the,
7: what was that between what the I said, said
5: BetweenTheBricks.com. I'm going to post it on our Eye on Real Estate uh, Facebook page and on all of our information. Lois, and uh, thank right, you so safe. much. Stay safe. A and mask, we'll see you soon. Wear and, yeah, Get your balloon shot. Steve and Ace, I miss you guys. I miss seeing you. And we'll be back next week.